Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. News came out on May the 4th Be With You that uh, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser will give people a chance to live out their Star Wars stories. This is a whole lot of news about what this new ship looks like. Only this isn't storytelling, according to Disney. It's story living. Here you'll be plunged into a Star Wars story where your decisions and actions or even the casual conversations you may have determine how your personal journey unfolds. Theoretically, this experience will be so immersive that you will feel um, like you are living in the Star Wars universe. Well, this podcast peels back much of what has been shared about this experience and projects what guests might encounter as they take on this one-of-a-kind vacation now set to premiere in 2022. That may mean spoilers, so beware. But we'll all we'll look at all of it and then also ask the question, hmm, will it be worth it? Now, be sure to check out my Disney at Play um, post that's attached to this uh, podcast as it will give you um, a lot of the visuals and videos and other uh, insights that we'll be sharing on this podcast. First off, let's we're going to kind of go through the ship um, and the ship experience itself. Let's start at the Galactic Star Cruiser Terminal at Walt Disney World and as well as the launch pod that takes you to the Halcyon. Uh, we have images on our post of the entrance and sure enough, as I've driven by over the last many months, it looks very much like you see. In fact, um, courtesy of Bio Reconstruct, we have some aerial photos that show what the entrance looks like. And, the th and there's a couple of things that are happening. First of all, the ship takes place or this, this resort experience takes place in what previously was adjacent to the road that came off of World Drive into Disney's Hollywood Studios. You'll recall that there was a big facade with kind of movie reels showing images from Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and Indiana Jones. All that has gone away if you haven't been here the last couple of years. Now World Drive just keeps going straight forward. You can't get to the studios via that direction. There's a whole new entrance to get to the studios. That said, uh, what they've done is they have done a big landscaping package because they are very interested in in crafting carefully how you arrive at this resort. You're going to see a lot of trees up and around. In fact, they're already planted. They're already growing. The faster they grow, the better. There are big berms that are pushed up. And all of this is intended so that you really can't see what lies beyond the berms, so to speak. This is just like Haunted Mansion or Pirates of the Caribbean where you can't see what's beyond it. What you do see is a spaceport. And in fact, what I love in this text is um, it references it as the Galactic Star Cruiser Terminal at Walt Disney World, which 
speaks to me like there might be more than one terminal at some point, that it might not be the only terminal. And in fact, I think the only way this hotel cruise ship experience can really break in the money, besides the fact that it fills up and keeps filling up by word of mouth, because it's gonna take a lot more than Star Wars fans to fill this thing, you know, seven days a week, um, 365 days a year. It's going to have to take some really great word of mouth that people who are not the biggest of the Star Wars fans will still put up the money to come be part of this experience. And is it? And the way you, you make back your money is it's just like Disney Quest. Well, theoretically, that's a whole other conversation. But the idea was with Disney Quest is that there will be there would be multiple uh, places and that would justify the interactive technology and games and activities that would be built out. Um, that did not go so well. We can only hope that this one goes better. My inside sources say that the interactive activities and um, things that are going on are going to be incredibly cool. Um, so that's positive. But those same sources say this is going to be a very expensive uh, experience to um to go on so all long and short um you enter and arrive and you check in on earth at this terminal and then you jump onto a launch pod now there's been a couple of different images over time and they kind of kind of look a little differently but the idea is that you leave the terminal from the launch pod, jump to hyperspace and rendezvous with the Halcyon Star Cruiser. Um, then about five minutes later, once you're on board this fantastic ship that feels like it's in the middle of space, that, that white noise, that feel that you're out there in the middle, that's the moment you're gonna realize you left the kids' diapers back in the van. So I guess you gotta jump back into hyperspace on the launch pod on a, a on a return trip back there. Now, mind you, Disney has been jumping people from place to place for many years. And the thing that always comes to my mind when I think about this is the uh, hydrolators at Living Seas, which were going to take you fathoms below the, the surface of the earth down to the depths of the ocean. And, um, and it was a good one inch um, experience um, in truth, but there are a lot of bubbles and a lot of effects to make you feel like you were going down below. Now, I have to say they've gotten a lot better, um, more than Star Tours, uh, the Rise of the Resistance pod that takes you up to the, um, uh, the Star Destroyer is really a phenomenal ride. And if they give that experience something akin to that, you know, this is going to be okay. Um, there were images that kind of showed you arriving at the Halcyon. Um, those images haven't been posted recently. In fact, one of the hardest things about reporting on this uh, new Starship is that the images have been changing a lot um, over the last few years, but so have a lot of other details um, because of construction, because of COVID and all that. So we're just gonna give you what we understand um, 
from this right now. And by the way, all this um, pod jumping, so to speak, um, I wonder how it too will compare to Space 220 and the restaurant. Now that's only going, you know, 220 miles up in the air, but still the idea is, is that you are being brought up, so to speak. And it's, uh, it's just a question of um, whether this, you know, really sells you on the idea that you are truly in space because at the price point, you've got to be convinced that you're in a very real, you have to suspect, you have to be able to suspend your belief that you are um, far, far away. And, you're, and, and that's different than a cruise ship, which, you know, you might not really care for the destinations you go to, but you know you got there because you saw the ship going across the ocean, across the waves, and you had that sense of voyage. Will you get that sense of voyage in this experience? That's one of the thresholds it has to cross in order for it to be a compelling experience that people would want to um, pay heavily to visit. When they arrive, they come on board what's known as the atrium. As they say, during your stay aboard this glamorous ship, you'll have a chance to interact with others. In fact, and, and what there's an image to this, and let me just say the atrium is two stories. You have this kind of glass um, uh, diagram that looks like a map. You have some couch sitting areas. You have an assortment of interesting individuals. You, and in fact, to that effect, they say you may interact with an eclectic group of characters, both familiar and new, possibly including the Star Cruiser's strong and charismatic captain, a plucky ship's mechanic, and a galactic superstar singer. There could even be droids. Actually, I added that. But frankly, while they don't say it, you keep seeing images of droids. And that's an interesting thing because a lot of people thought with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, people would be seeing droids coming here and there and everywhere across the, the landscape of that, um, of that land. And yet we haven't really seen that play out. On the other hand, um, this interactivity element, is this the new Adventurers Club? Is this where all citizens of Hollywood are soon beaming up to? Um, I just wonder who could, I mean, I could see some really great characters being part of this experience. Um, like the atrium on the Disney cruise ship, is this simply going to become more of a meet and greet space or is this something more interactive than a photo op? You know, that when you're on the cruise ship, it ends up, you know, line up and you get your picture taken with someone and, and it has that feel to it. But again, in Galaxy's Edge on the planet Batu, Black Spire Outpost, you see um, stormtroopers kind of interrogating people as they walk through. And in this image, you see that same thing carried out. So it is very possible that that will be the feel of the dynamic is that there's always somebody kind of in there interacting with you. 
I would also assume that here in the atrium will be um, some key things such as um, your ability to um, to make reservations or to handle other matters on planet Earth, uh, things of that nature. Um, we'll have to see. At any rate, then we have the bridge. The bridge of the ship usually is where you are controlling um, how the ship uh, moves. The bridge offers interactive events for you to participate in, as do most of the other facilities on board the ship. On the bridge and elsewhere, you'll be part of a mission uh, with responsibilities where you have a role to play. After all, this there's a conflict in space and you must help save the galaxy. Here, you will operate the ship's navigation and defense system under the crew's guidance. And I'll just stop there before I go any further. And, and this image that Disney has is not just an image, it's, it's also um, a, um, uh, a video that kind of shows ships out in space coming and going, people around tables trying to plan their next step. It's a little bit reminiscent of the simulator at um, the Millennium Falcon. And, and I kind of wonder, are you going to get a chance to do all the different positions in this ship? And are you rotating at times? So that'll be kind of interesting to see how that unfolds. Also, Disney shares that you'll be plunged into a Star Wars story where your decisions and actions, or even the casual conversations you may have, determine how your personal journey unfolds. This has been promised before somewhere, hasn't it? And one of the things that people thought we'd see more of in Black Spire Outpost is based on how you did on the Millennium Falcon. You would get certain feedback when you entered the cantina or when you went into Droid Depot. You don't feel any of that. There doesn't seem to be any movement. The data pad, which I have to tell you, I worked a lot of hours and burned a lot of, of, of power on my iPhone. I should talk about the iPhone later. But um, trying to figure out how to share a story or share how to make the best of the data pad. And, and it's an intriguing, interesting thing, but not really. It's just... It kind of, you're kind of engaged. You're kind of looking for things. Oh, that's what's inside that box. Oh, that's what's inside that box. But the arc of it all, so what? Where does it all go? It just kind of like, it stops and drops. And it's really hard to, to, to see that all move through. Now, wouldn't it be cool if on the galaxies, you know, on the Star Cruiser, you were given a mission to go do something at Black Spire Outpost and you were looking at clues and so forth and you had to take that back to the ship and so forth. That would be really cool, but again, uh, it's hard to tell how they're how they're merging, how they're creating an interactive 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 experience that that goes far beyond what you you had before. Let's talk about passenger cabins. This is about a hundred bed hotel and it's got a handful of suites but um, they are in size something more akin to being on a cruise ship. 
you just need to know that as you look at the images they've got some great little bunk beds for the kids that's very cool you really get a clear feeling that this seats the sleeps for um, a queen size bed plus um, these two little um, nooks in the wall and they're very cool it's interesting that the nooks in the wall when you're sitting there also have their own little controls and so forth each room comes with a view of space and what's going on so think about the portals that were in the inside staterooms and the Disney Cruise Line you're getting that same kind of feeling um, meanwhile there's another screen that shows maps and seems to have an interactive component but at the same time you probably watch CNN um, and anything else on TV you wanted to or plug in and play your own games and so forth. I kind of get the impression that the bed might be one that folds up, goes into the wall, allowing a desk space to be put in because frankly, there is not a lot of desk space. There's some, there's a table that seems to come out from this, the, the portal and there's two little chairs there, but it's a very small space. So I kind of think that maybe there's some kind of ability uh, with this bed to turn it into a table and, and have a little bit more space to kind of sit and enjoy. Of course, you're not there to, to stay in the room. I would get cabin fever for staying very long in this room. And by the way, let's just think a little bit about your stay. Um, Disney check-in is usually four o'clock in the afternoon. Is Although check-in on the cruise ship can begin around uh, late morning. When will you be checking into the ship and how, you know, how long will you be underway before the ship kind of takes off and you start undergoing some activities? Is Mickey showing up to <laughs> bid you goodbye? Um, you know, what's going on in terms of your arrival experience and the timing of that experience? Then you have this one day at space and then you head home, so to speak, the following day. So uh, how much time are you spending in this room is kind of at the, in this cabin is kind of the, the question uh, being posed here. You have what's known as the Jedi Training Center, and here you'll have an opportunity to train in the ancient ways of the lightsaber. And they showed in this image, which was posted some time ago, of a light emanating from the wall and hitting a lightsaber and you swinging at it. That same image still resides uh, on, their, on their website. So that has not gone away. What has been added today is something that Josh Amaro showed a couple of weeks ago. It is Ray holding one of these lightsabers, which opens and expands completely lighting up. It makes a noise, you know, that noise that lightsabers do. I assume that when you hit something, it makes the same sound that a lightsaber does. Um, it says in the video that this lightsaber was created by Walt Disney Imagining Research and Development and that guests who experience Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser will be the first to see it in action. Let's 
debrief that concept for a moment because what does it mean to be the first to see it in action? Will you be holding one or will you be seeing someone else holding one? Will you be able to buy one at the end of your experience? How much opportunity do you get to use it? You sense that you get to you know, practice it here, that this is going to be something more than um, Jedi Training Academy, uh, but what does that constitute? We still have more to see on that. That could be a very cool, very cool experience if they have managed to do something that allows for that to occur. More to come on that. And definitely check out my uh, page because it shows that video that we've referenced earlier. How about eating? You got to eat. Uh, Crown of Corellia Dining Room. This is a little bit like Be Our Guest. In other words, it's set up for one set of meals, kind of like um, a dining hall, and then it has a different setup in the evening. Will guests be able to, will guests be seated at particular tables like you are in a cruise ship? Will there be multiple seatings like on a cruise ship? That remains to be seen. What they do mention is this, this singer earlier. They've got a lounge singer that's going to captivate the room with the crook of one jewel-encrusted purple twilight finger. Yeah, let me just read that again. The lounge singer mentioned earlier can captivate an entire room with the crook of one jewel-encrusted purple twilight finger. I guess she's purple. There is an image of a purple person who's kind of roaming around the lounge. We'll talk about her. Uh, we'll, sh we'll get to the lounge in a moment. Um, but at any rate, are you being assigned to given tables uh, at dinner time? Will there be multiple seatings like on a cruise ship at dinner time? I could certainly see that. Their space is at a premium on a ship. And they've, without, just imagine if there are 100 rooms and there were four to the room, which is would be total max. That would be 400 people. You, even breaking it up, that's still dining 200 at a time. That's a lot of space. And they've, they've got to use their space carefully. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. At any rate, um, what we should say is um, the enticing supper club's name is homage to Corellia, um, the planet known galaxy-wide for its shipyards that gave us not only the Halcyon Star Cruiser, but also the Millennium Falcon. By the way, also in Star Wars lore, I believe this is the home planet for Han Solo. The dining room, but not the place. It's I don't think it's the same place, though, that you see Han Solo in the opening act of Solo, the movie. Although that is a big port space, but that was a kind of a ship port. At any rate, the dining room is a bright and welcoming hall that will offer breakfast and lunch to passengers before transitioning each evening into a lavish multi-course menu of both an otherworldly and familiar origins, meaning we'll still be able to offer you hamburger and fries. So I, I find this fascinating. It looks enticing. It's a beautiful image. They also talk about the sublight lounge, not the sunlight, but the sublight lounge and not the silver sea, which was mentioned in previous posts. Again, a lot of, lot of changes to names and to what this thing looks like and so forth. 
But anyway, note that not only beverages are served, but there are interactive kind of games being played um, as well. And they're droids. Did I mention droids? <laughs> well, Disney says it's apparently a warm and inviting retreat for passengers of all ages. So is this going to be like the new Star Wars lounge on the Disney Wish, which if you haven't listened to that podcast, definitely check that one out. Um, in that podcast, we talk about that Star Wars lounge, which looks similar, going back to Solo, it looks similar to the lounge where everybody gathers um, of um, in that film. At any rate, it, they said for that lounge on the, on the Wish that it will be available to family all day, but adults only at night. Will that be the case here? Where do kids go to play in the evening? Because there are a couple of spaces not accounted for, other than the pool and spa, which apparently is not happening. Wouldn't that be kind of a spa and space? Space spa? That sounds, that sounds really great. Nothing mentioned about either of those, obviously. But there had been, for some time, the mention of an engineering room. And this was the text, I think, given to it. In the engineering room, passengers can sneak into a crew-only area and discover the inner workings of the ship's systems. Um, and it looks like somebody's dropped down. You know, we also mentioned in the Disney Wish um, podcast that there is a secret passageway to the Oceaneering Clubs for kids from the main atrium. I wouldn't be surprised and if I saw the blueprints correctly. I think... I think the engineering room is below the atrium. But anyway, but that's not quite right because I think the old building is only two f large floors. And anyway, it looks like some kid crawling out of a slide. That's what I'm saying. There's also another member of the crew who's handing somebody a tool. It looks like yeah, a tool to stop the steam coming out of this apparatus something of that nature it looks like you know some kind of interaction but um it wasn't mentioned on their may the fourth be with you post and frankly it's not mentioned on their website currently so i'm not sure um i'm not sure about this space also uh no mention like the pool of the gift shop there's always a gift shop and by the way do they sell diapers so so wonder about that. Now, what they do talk about on the website and in all their materials is that part of your experience will be a journey um, to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire Outpost on the planet Batu. Now, I have images of what Disney wants you to think this is going to look like. Imagine, again, it seems like we've changed images a couple of times on what this looks like. It, But it front, you enter it from the front of it and and this is different than the pod that's beaming you up from walt disney world by the way i do believe this is a very different thing than that although the image shared led you believe it was the same thing but i don't believe that to be the case because if you i don't know if you ever uh, traveled at dulles airport but they had these things on wheels that took you from one terminal to another terminal. This is before they built the trains underneath the ground. And they front loaded you, the doors in the front of it would open, you'd, you'd come in 
and stand there and then it would carry you to the next terminal. This is what I see out of this, is it's kind of this bus that's going to be front loaded and they're going to drive it over to, um, uh, to um, Galaxy's Edge. Now, again, thanks to BioReconstruct, we have some photos of what this might look like. At one point, he put a yellow arrow into a, a corridor that sat between Rise and Millennium Falcon. And from the beginning, I always thought this would be the space for that vehicle, that, that space bus, to go through and drop people off. And if you, and where it enters into is kind of the space between resistance, well, between Rise of the Resistance and um, the merchandise area, the larger merchandise area of, um, of Galaxy's Edge. However, there is some thought that maybe it is going to be driving around to the side and unloading into an area next to First Order Cargo, which is right next to Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter. And my, uh, I show all of this in my post here. So you could take a look at that. Um, but one way or the other, and my guess is, is what's going to happen again, if you got technically 400 people on board this ship, you got a lot of people to transport to and from Batuu. You've got to be, and I don't think this thing will move any faster. I, I think it will take almost 30 minutes for it to go to load, go over there, unload, load the next crew, take it back over and unload, get ready. I think it will take about 30 minutes. So I'm thinking, and this bus thing doesn't look like it's going to hold more than 25 or 30. Heaven forbid there's a, there's still COVID at the time. What is probably definitely uh, the case is that you're going to have a choice of going over there probably like in the morning or in the afternoon. And this will be to their advantage because all of these interactive games, they can't have 400 people working on those all at one time. So if they can break down all of this into groups, it will make it easier. Plus the dining, we've broken down in groups. So I think you're gonna be on these itineraries, these schedules with some going earlier, some going later to Black Spire Outpost and so forth. Of course, then, then, you know, what if you wanna park hop after you're done at the studios? Or what if you miss your excursion ship for going back home while waiting in line at the Tower of Terror? I mean, there's no, there's no belief that you can't leave Black Spire Outposts and just kind of wander into Toy Story Land. But nothing's really been said about how that logistic works out and how you get yourself rendezvoused back up in space. Um, but that brings us now to day three of the experience. Uh, are you, and if... I, I tell you, I'm the biggest witness to the fact that Disney Cruise Lines are so worth it. But if there's one day that it isn't, it's the last day because you are almost thrown off the ship. It's not that, um, not that bad, but, it, but they make it very clear. Grab something to eat, grab your luggage, and depart. That's what they want to do. Are they going to do the same thing on the Halcyon? Uh so they can do a quick turnaround of rooms. 
um, and they can, you know, move in housekeeping to change things out. By the way, did housekeeping come in the day before? Is there a final event that morning or something before it all comes to an end? Um, when I get back outside, is there a bus taking me over to Pop Century for the rest of my trip? Because I've only spent two nights at Walt Disney World. I haven't seen any of the other parks. I'm not even sure I've seen the rest of the studios. And by the way, can I afford the rest of my trip now that I've taken this uh, trip to space? Um, as I mentioned, in a, I think in a previous podcast, and I say previous podcast because I've done this podcast. You know what? I don't think I've announced this, actually, now that I'm thinking out loud. What I did is I recorded um, two days at Disney's Hollywood Studios that I was going to do for a podcast. And then my iPhone um, bit the uh, black screen of death and no longer worked. And I had not downloaded all of those videos to make into a podcast. So I will be at the studios next week. I promise I'm still waiting on my new iPhone to arrive. A long and short of it all, in that podcast, I was going to talk about the price. And while this is a rumor, and only a rumor... It is my understanding that this trip will be about 10K, $10,000 for a family of four. What will that include? That will include two nights stay. That will include all your food and beverage. That will include um, your time, your ticket to Batu. Anything else you want to do in the larger planet of Disney's Hollywood Studios? Uh, your stay there, it will include transportation to and from Batu <laughs> and to and from the Halcyon, I suppose. I wouldn't be surprised if they put it that way. It includes transportation to and from the Halcyon. Um, and um, that's what we know of. Um, that's a pretty high price. Uh, $2,500 meaning about 1250 a night is that worth it um you'll still of course have to pay your own airport airfare transportation to walt disney world unless there's a star wars or star cruise terminal <laughs> um star cruise liner terminal in your neighborhood you'll have to come to walt disney world that means you have to pay your airfare to get there um, and you still have to pay for the rest of your vacation. So this this isn't just that it costs a lot. It's that it's and 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 what it includes while you're in that experience. It's also saying basically you still haven't paid for anything else. If you want to see Animal Kingdom, if you want, uh, you know, all those other things, what will it pay for? So um, you still got to pay for the rest of your vacation and. You know, you compare it to a week-long cruise somewhere on Disney Cruise Line, maybe on the new Disney Wish. Um, wow, you know, is that, is that, if, if I had a choice between paying that for a seven-day Eastern Caribbean um, on, on a Disney Cruise Line or four nights, on the new Disney Wish, I, I'd really be struggling to put the money toward that. I want to see this. I love Star Wars. I'm not the ultimate Star Wars fan, but I love Star Wars. Still, 
maybe if the Mandalorian came on board the ship, yeah, maybe the child, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how that works. Um, and what if it fails? Does that mean Guardians of the Galaxy will take it over, make it into their own spaceship and host their own trips? Which, honestly, I got to tell you, I think, I think that would be even funnier to have the gang from Guardians of the Galaxy take over the ship and maybe have a Marvel character or two appear if you can get away with that portion on the East Coast. At any rate, meanwhile, um, I should also mention, I think we should also talk about a couple of other pieces to this whole thing that we're missing at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, because of COVID, we haven't seen the Jedi Training Academy. Um, the launch bay has been open more as a relaxation station, which I'm grateful for. But the film, which I thought was great, the meet and greets, which I thought were fun, especially with characters you didn't get in Galaxy's Edge, are those coming back? Um, and Star Wars, a ga a yeah. <laughs> let me say that again. Star Wars, a galactic spectacular, the big fireworks show at the end of the day. Is that coming back and when? So more stuff to come, obviously. Um, and we'll keep you informed here at DisneyAtPlay.com. Thanks for joining us for this. I hope you checked out some of our other podcasts. Um, I know I was a little emo on the People Mover podcast last week, but I feel very strongly about the themes of Tomorrowland. And I think the People Mover represents so much of those themes. So I'm sorry I'm getting into that, that, that emo space again, but you... Definitely got to listen to the People Mover. My Grand Fiasco Tour, I'm going back to Epcot tonight to celebrate on the 4th of May. No, not May the 4th be with you, but rather uh, my wedding anniversary. We were married on the 4th of May. And I'll say that we were married long after Star Wars premiered, but long before anybody came up with May the 4th be with you. But it works for our anniversary. So, hey, what not? Going to check out those three caballeros, see if they've come back. Um, but in the meantime, check out Grand Fiasco Tour starring the Three Gambios, which it talks about change and talks about what's working, not working at, um, at um, Grand Fiesta Tour. Yesterday, uh, yesterday, two days ago, welcoming all who come to this happy place. Talking about the idea of how we welcome, this is Disney at Work podcast, about how we welcome guests, um, not only in Disney, but into your own workplace, how you make them feel welcome. Big, big messages there. Also, an homage to the artistry and craftsmanship of Disneyland's Fantasyland, and then all our big Disney Wish cruise ship announcements. We have had so many podcasts the last couple of weeks. Make sure you've caught them all and you're up to date. And also, make sure you check out the Wayfinder Society, which offers you really great Disney interactive apps that you can explore your your greatest Disney fandom or best in business ideas that you can take back home with you. Lots to see, lots to share, lots to find out here at DisneyAtPlay.com and DisneyAtWork.com and my sister's site, which you also want to um, subscribe to, J. Jeff Kober at YouTube. All of this, thanks so much for joining us. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon.